0: This is the Detroit Sports Podcast Network.
1: And now joining me on this Detroit Sports Podcast Network special edition is Tony Paul of the Detroit News. Tony, how's it going today?
0: Very good. How are you?
1: Hey, very good. And thanks for joining me today on this special edition. Now I wanted to look at first and foremost, the Indians and what they've done to the Tigers. They have had the Tigers number all year long, extending their win streak against the Tigers to 10. On Monday night. Now, in your opinion, Tony, why have the Tribe had the Tigers number thus far this season?
0: Yeah, it's it's tough to say. I mean, you, you just don't see that in baseball very much, even if it's a really good team against a really bad team. You're not going to see extended winning streaks like that. It's kind of fluky. But, you know, if you look back in previous seasons, the Tigers have, have done that to other American Central foes, too. They did it with the Royals for several years in a row. They did it with the Indians several years in a row. Um, when they were winning the divisions, they did it with the next closest competitor a lot of the time. So, you know, it's just it's one of those things. The Indians are, uh, I think, a better ball club than I gave them credit for at the beginning of the season. They're starting pitching, which is young. has finally seemed to uh, evolve in, you know, and come with age a little bit. And, uh, and for whatever reason, they've been able to, to string these wins together. And they could be very important. Uh, come you know September when you know you think the Tigers will be calling for a playoff spot you know these games are going to be important there's still nine games to go between the teams so you never know how it's going to shake out but it's it's kind of embarrassing for the Tigers that you know just 10 games into a 19 game season series they've already lost a season series it's, it's pretty hard to fathom
1: it's been bad Tony to say the least and now the tribe and they're heading could that be the downfall of the tribe because they're counting on guys like Mike Napoli, on Juan Uribe to an extent as well. And it seems like they have a lot of aging guys. And then Michael Brantley's on the shelf, who's their all-star, you know, left fielder. And it seems like they could use his bat too going forward at some point. At
0: least. Yeah. I, I definitely think that they're hitting is, is, is is the offense for Cleveland is definitely playing above, you know, what it should be. Um, you know, I'm surprised that they are hitting as well as they are, but the, you know, they've got, Jason Kibnitz is playing well again. Uh, you know, the, the young kids, Francisco Lindor, Tyler McQuinn, you know, they still have Carlos Santana. So, I mean, they've got some pieces, but uh, I, I definitely don't think they're as good of an offensive team as they've been, but they've done it for such a long period of time now that, you know, eventually you have to consider them a legitimate threat um, uh, offensively. But I still think that the, the bedrock for the for the Indians is they're is starting pitching. And uh, if, if these guys, young guys, stay healthy, you know, I think they're... They're legit. Now the, the big question is with Cleveland is is how the young pitching will handle you know the stretch run. And, you know, these guys are going to be asked to throw more innings probably than they than they're used to than they've been used to in their career. So how will they hold up down the stretch? That's a big question. But uh, right now, so far, so good in Cleveland.
1: Tony Paul of the Detroit News on this special edition of the podcast with me. And Tony, speaking of young starting pitching, how about Michael Fomer? And you question how he will hold up in the second half of the season too.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, that's, uh, Michael Fulmer's been a godsend so far for the Tigers, and, and what a trade that ended up being, uh, you know, for uh, you know getting rid of the young assessment is, which obviously the Tigers would love to have, but uh, they, they definitely did some good work in, in in restocking their minor league system last year with these trades. I mean, you, you talk about Norris, you talk about Fulmer, Matt Boyd, Jacoby Jones, they did some pretty good work in, in getting some good young talent. Michael Fulmer is... Uh, I mean, he's an all star. Uh, you know, they're going to announce the all star teams tonight or Tuesday, and, uh, you know, he, he should be on that team. I mean, eight consecutive starts of zero or one earned runs allowed, which has probably never been done in the history of Tigers baseball that goes back well over a century. So, um, you know, he's got really good stuff. He reminds you of Verlando when Verlando was young. He's got the really, the really good firm fastball, the really good poise on the mound, and the really good wipeout slider. And uh, you know they're going to watch his innings. They don't want him to throw too many, but uh, they might need him too. Uh, you know, to to pitch more than maybe they're comfortable with, because right now he's the one stable guy in that rotation.
1: And Tony, you spoke about Fulmer making the All Star game for the Tigers. How many other All Stars do you think the Tigers will have this year?
0: It's tough to say. I mean, they've got a couple guys in positions where there's a lot of competition. Third base and second base. Nick Castellanos and, and Ian Kinsley both probably deserve to be All Stars this year. Uh, but you know, when you look at the third base competition, it's it's pretty stiff. And you look at second base with Altuve and Cano, and you know, there's a lot of competition there too. So those are the two guys that. <laughs> there probably should be all stars that might not be. Um, Miggy will always get consideration uh, for the player vote. Uh, Victor will probably get consideration for the player vote, although they'll be behind David Ortiz for the fan vote. You know, I, I think they'll probably end up with two or three. Uh, K Rod's got a good chance to go as well. Um, you know, so I, if I had to guess, I'd say Fulmer and K Rod and probably Miggy will be your three. And I think Kindler and, and Castanos will probably be. Left out, which is unfortunate given the seasons that they're having.
1: Now, has Kinsler been the club MVP so far this year? Because I really believe he has, Tony.
0: Oh, there's no question. I mean, the, the things that this guy does, I mean, it's just every day it's it's more and more impressive. And you just don't see guys get better as they get older. Uh, he's always been a very good player, but, I mean, he's he's evolved into, I mean, he should win a gold glove. I can't believe he's not one of them yet. Um, you know, leadership-wise on the field is, I mean, the hustle and the grit that he shows. I mean, that play the other day when he scored from second on the ground ball by Victor, I mean, that's just instincts and, uh, you know, that that was a huge play in a game that they needed to win um, going into Cleveland. So, I mean, he's just you know, he's just a special ball player right now and, you know, he's, he's getting up there in age and, and it, you know, but he's still playing really good baseball and the good thing for the Tigers is that his contract actually goes you know, it went down this year in money. It was a backloaded contract he signed with Texas, so it went down this year. It goes down next year, so he becomes more and more of a value uh, as the years go on.
1: And Tony, they have the hitters, as you know, the Tigers do with Kinsler, all these guys that you've already named off yourself. Now it's about the starting pitching and upgrading that. So let me ask you this: What is out there for the Tigers to attain as we near the trade deadline?
0: Yeah, there's not much, and a lot of teams are going to find that out. Uh, it's it's not a it's not a typical season where you can just go, you know, and if you want to go, you know, empty the farm and, and get yourself two ace pitchers at the deadline. It, it just it's not it's not out there this year. You uh, I mean, next year's for, you know most of the times guys straight at the deadline are guys who are going to be free agents and following off season. The free agent pool for starting pitching next year is very, or next winter is very, very weak, um, especially after Steven Strasberg signed his extension during the season. There's just not a lot of starting pitching out there to be had at this year's deadline. I mean, you're looking, you know, you might be able to fill some void at the back end of the rotation. Um, you know, you're talking Rich Hill, maybe from Oakland. Uh, you're talking Jacob de or Drew Smiley from Tampa. Um, maybe Chris Archer, but uh, you know he hasn't pitched all that well this year, and he's under, also under a pretty team-friendly deal, so the Rays are probably not going to be overly excited to move him. But outside of you know, outside of those type of names, you're just not looking at very much, and so that's why the Tigers are going to need Zimmerman to be the guy that they paid the big money to. They're going to need him healthy. They need Verlander to continue to pitch the way he's pitched. They going to need Fulmer. and then maybe they go out and they're you know they're, they're able to get a guy for the back end of the rotation. But there's not a you know it's not a year where you can go get a David Price type um, you know to to really bol- bolster your rotation like they did a couple of years ago. It's just not out there. So that's that's a big concern for the Tigers once they start trying to put together a roster and a, and a rotation for the stretch run.
1: As the Tigers stand right now, what do you envision is their most likely fate?
0: I think that they'll make the playoffs. Still, um, I think that they they've got the offense to do it. I, I think that if they're healthy and and get healthy, they're, they're pitching. They have enough in the bullpen, which is a plus. They haven't had that for a long time, um, and and they might be able to go get you know a guy like Jake Odorizzi or Rich Hill and maybe get just enough. Uh, but uh, you know, right now it's tough to say they win the division, given how well Cleveland has played, not just against them but against everybody. I mean, winning fourteen games in a row is is just, I and mean, that opens some eyes. And so, they're a very good team. So, I I think the Tigers will probably end up in the wild card hunt. Um, I think they're better than most of the other teams in the wild card hunt. So, uh, they might be headed for a, a one game playoff, and it could be a, you know, anytime you have a one game playoff, it could be a, a very quick postseason appearance.
1: Tony Paul of the Detroit News on with me right now. And Tony, really quick, turning our attention to Sports Talk Radio and to 105.1 and what happened there with 105.1 deciding to, to cut the cord on the Sports Talk Radio experience last Wednesday. And I wanted to ask, I know you were on top of the story. You broke some of the news there with that happening last Wednesday. And wanted to get your take on what you think ultimately led to the demise of 105.1.
0: Well, I think there's a lot of things at play. And it's unfortunate that it happened because I think there's enough, uh, there's certainly enough, you know, enough listeners in this town and enough interest to have a second uh, FM sports talk station. I mean, Chicago's got it. New York's got it. Delhi's got it. Cleveland even has it, uh, you know, the smaller markets like that. You know, uh, a lot of things went wrong. And I think 1051 would admit that they made a lot of mistakes. Uh, the, for starters, they hung on, you know, they. They kind of rolled with Mike and Mike. You know, they're in the, they were an ESPN the affiliate. They kind of rolled with Mike and Mike in the mornings uh, for way too long. It didn't get the ratings, uh, you know. And then when they did finally pull the point on Mike and Mike and went local in the mornings, they still failed to go local. In the evenings, they failed to go local. On the weekends, got on a consistent basis. And, you know, there were times that 105.1, you know, you know, when Drew was there, Drew and Mark would sign off at 6 o'clock on a Friday. And, you know, they wouldn't be local again until 10 a.m. or noon or whatever time on on Monday. And, you know, that's a long cap to go without local content. And when you have a competing station in 97.1 that's local pretty much around the clock, Detroit fans want local. And uh, so I think uh, 105.1 lost a significant bit of momentum that way. Uh, You know, they they hired two program directors that didn't really have nice guys. I worked with both of them in, in Dixon and Dave Shore, but two guys that didn't, have really strong or any significant ties to Detroit and uh I don't think ever really grasped what the market was interested in as far as discussion and programming and you know a lot of things at play they didn't you know they didn't get the Tigers that was a big blow uh you know if they would have got the Tigers I think they would have that would have leveled the playing field at 97-1 overnight so a lot of things at play you know I'm disappointed that they didn't You know, they didn't have a better vision. They thought they would make at least a five-year play, and they pulled the plug after less than three. So it's very disappointing, but uh, there's a lot of issues at play.
1: Now, what do you believe is the future for Detroit sports fans who would like a viable sports radio alternative to 97.1 The Ticket?
0: Yeah, I think someone eventually will come along. Uh, I think there'll be another, probably another FM station that uh, down the road probably makes a play. Uh, You know, there's, I mean, 97.1 gets such good ratings uh that uh you know that there's gonna be uh it's gonna be attractive for uh other stations to try to get a chunk of it uh you know certainly 97.1 you know has its detractors but they don't have other options so they you know they listen anyway so i, I think down the road uh eventually an F- another fm station will give it a shot maybe learn from the mistakes that 105.1 made but uh, you know it's it's tough it's an expensive format i mean we, you know it's a lot more expensive to uh to pay, uh, you know, a dozen talk show hosts than it is to pay someone to spin music. So, uh, you know, whoever does it's going to have to have a solid plan when they enter the market and and to have a vision uh, that was a little bit more, uh, a little bit more focused than what 105.1 had. Hey,
1: Tony, thanks for all the time today. All right, good luck to you, and we'll talk again in the near future. Thank you very much.
0: Uh, thanks for having me, Blake.